Happy New Year is the courageous pod. Blessings. Blessings. Come along to Fakoli, Ulua lo die away at table, my brother, nobody goli. Cadde pay my money, no de tell me story, Mr. Money Macbuckle Poli. By PJ, by designers, not the lifestyle, desire, more fire. Ali, I'm the lead, I had the go far, no beware, I did yesterday, I had Blessings, man. Thank, thank God for 2023. We all made it. Thank God for the blessings of 2022. And I pray for more blessings in 23. I thank God I'm not where I used to be. I was up, feeling like the devil had a hold on me. Mama crying when I'm redoing. Speaking of blessings, we got some guests today. We're blessed with some really, really great guests today. Some great topics. I watch it rain on me. Mm-hmm. I watched it rain on me. That was Friday Ashake Blessings Remix. That's a banger. Um, man, welcome to the Courageous Pod, man. It's been a hot minute. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, I know I've been doing some solo podcasts lately, but today I I, I brought on some help, some power power hitters, uh, some really really great speakers. Um, I have Elaine here with us today. She's she's new. She's this this is her first time on, on the on the courageous part. Elaine, you there? Hi, Kurela. I'm here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And I also have the lady Eve with us today. Lady Eve. Hi, hi. Okay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Um, so where do we even begin? Okay, I'm gonna start off with uh this story that has been blazing the internet, it's uh, a man called Andrew Tate. Man, this guy, he's been making a lot of rounds on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter. I mean, there was a point that he just blanketed all of social media. Like, I couldn't get on social media without seeing this guy. 
But here's the thing. This guy flew too close to the sun, man. This guy was talking some wild stuff. Wild stuff. To the point that he was even... He was talking basically about stuff that he was doing. I have some clips here. One second. Hiring girls who don't love you. They're in it for the money. And then I had one girl and she got... Walked in there and said, listen, I've committed multiple felonies. Am I going to go to jail? Well, probably. Well, then see ya. Bye. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as big. And I found this little webcam thing. And I was like, mm, this might be some money. So I text all my girlfriends. I think it was five of them. Text all five. Said, you're all coming here to live with me and work with me. So Tristan will tell you the story. He'll tell you. All five flew in. Picked them all up. They're all sitting there. I sat around the same table. Listen, I need. This man was wilding. I need to get paid. Right? I'm broke now. I have no money. I'm running out of money. So I put them all around the same table. And I was like, look, we're going to start a webcam business. You're going to stay. You're going to live in London. I'm going to look after you. And we're going to get rich, rich. We're going to be a team. And they're all like, well, who's this bitch? I'm like, she's my girlfriend. She's my girlfriend. She's my girl. You're all my chicks. Oh. And you're going to stay here. I mean, he's 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 snitching on himself. <laughs> he's snitching. This man was snitching on himself. Like, like what are we talking about here? Snitching on himself. Here and we're gonna make some money. Big fight kicks off, blah, 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 blah. Three left, two stayed. Those are my first two girls. And we started this little webcam business from my apartment. And it just grew and grew and grew. And it got to the point where at one point I had 75 women working for me in four locations. Damn. And I'm doing $600,000 a month. Uh -huh. This is in the UK. So, but this leads into the story of why I moved to Romania. So mm -hmm. at the height of. I mean, that's tax evasion. That's, you know, uh, what do they call it? Trafficking. Like there's, there's like four crimes you already admitted to just in, in that sentence. I'm gonna keep going. My webcam pimping, I think I'm the king of the world, right? I have all these women, da da da. But the problem is, my first two girls who worked for me worked for me because they loved me. Mm. I loved it. And this is his thing, too, is the whole alpha thing, the whole, you know, women, you know, should bend at your will. You need to build yourself up. This is like the big part of the manosphere. In fact, he was one of the biggest figures in the manosphere. Before Kevin Samuels died, this was like the next big guy. And this is a, a lot of what they preach. Now, Let's be clear. There are some things, there's some elements of truth that they always drop in there. But then there's some of it that's just like wild stuff. But let's keep going. And from the ghetto streets to the hotel suites. <laughs> so we're working together. <laughs> but then once, once you get bigger, you start hiring girls who don't love you. They're in it for the money. And then I had one girl and she got too drunk one day and she threw up in my apartment. I told her to clean up. She refused to clean up. Start being an idiot. So I took her stuff throughout the window. This is people's daughters though. This is people's daughters. Man, you people know they fair. People's daughters. You think they're not going to come for you? Like, of course they're going to come for you. Of course. You're saying some wild stuff on the internet. You're, you're obviously, you're waking some stuff up too. You're, you're, poking, you're poking the bear. You know, you're going at the establishment. You're talking about all these things. But then you're also making admissions like this? Really? Really? Man. This guy played himself. He, wow. He played himself. He played himself. Better. All right. So that's that's the bad. Now, let, let me play some of the stuff that he said that I, I would admit some of the stuff he said resonated with me. Like there's this one. There's this one thing he had talked about feminism in the Middle East. Uh, let, let me find the clip. One second. 
make a point here, which is going to cancel the game. I don't give a fuck. I had a friend in Afghanistan when Taliban kicked America out, and he told me the Americans were, tell were telling the girls they could go to school. So they built all these girls' schools, and they put the Afghanistani Defense Forces there, and they get funded the Afghanistani Defense Forces to, to, to protect these schools. You had American satellites, you had night vision goggles, Taliban were afraid to attack. America leaves, now you have Af Afghani Defense Forces, they're basically blind, they don't have satellites anymore, don't have, don't have uh, night vision, whatever. So now it's a real war. The men are standing next to this girls' school, the Taliban are coming, you're some dude, you're standing there, and you're looking at this girls' school going, I don't really give a fuck if girls go to school. Bounce. And you just and you didn't fight. So that's why they all gave up and Taliban took over so quickly. And when I said this, the girl's like, yeah, they should have fought for us, feminism. Why don't the women fight? Can you ask Oh, wait, the women can't defend their own fucking idea. You need men to defend feminism. So that's why the whole thing is stupid. So the second men don't defend it, it just, it just fails as a fucking ideology. It's garbage. Now, I, I don't agree that it's stupid, but he did make a really, really strong point there. At the end of the day, all these things, all these ideals that we come up with, you still need you, you still need boots on the ground in order to protect these ideals, and that was a very very true fact that I think a lot of a lot of the feminists of you know recent times they seem to take for granted. They seem to think these things are just given when they don't realize that through history these things were fought for. Um, that that's kind of like my like my little preamble on. On, on Andrew Tate. There are a few more clips here that maybe I can play later, but I would definitely like to get some feedback um, on what you guys think about Andrew Tate. Now, before you guys go, um, Andrew Tate, he did get arrested eventually. Uh, he got arrested for, I think some of the charges are trafficking. Uh, they had, I'd seen money laundering there. Uh, there's rape there. I mean, there's some pretty serious allegations. And when you look at some of the statements he's made, it's not very, very, it's not hard to imagine that some of these things may be true. Um, he's admitted to having girls over at his place, you know, and making money for him um, without necessarily documenting it. I mean, that to me is very troubling, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Um, I guess Elaine, are you there? Yeah, what do you mean by... He's admitted to having girls over at his place making money for him. What do you mean by that? Uh, did you did you did you hear the, the sound clip I played just now? Like it's what you said. Do you mean just having girls over? Because like No, he admitted to having girls over and having mm -hmm. them uh make videos online. Ah so the girls were doing OnlyFans. OnlyFans, yeah. Under his tutelage. So he was like their pimp in essence. Essentially. And there's and there's videos of him online where he's doing like this uh, rough play with this girl, one of the girls. Um, the girl eventually came out and said no, that it was all consensual. But I mean, if you look at the the clips, he's pretty rough with her. He slaps her on the face, like he rubs her pretty pretty easily. And it was all, I guess, part of the rough play or whatever. But if you hear some of the allegations that these women have given, some of them are very very troubling, very troubling. So I guess my question is. Even though some things that he says seem to resonate with people, you know, uh, at, at what point does the, I guess, does the messenger, even if, if, if the messenger is flawed, how seriously can we take what they're saying? Can we separate the message from the messenger, really? I think that we should. Oh, I'm going to let um, um, Eve go. Okay, Eve. Oh, okay. Thanks, Elaine. <laughs> I thought you were about to speak. Um, okay, so my answer to your question is, uh, yes, 
we can separate the message from the messenger. Not all the time, but in this particular instance, I think we can. So my take on Andrew Tate in general is that he says things that are true, are factual. That doesn't necessarily make him a good person, um, but we shouldn't shoot the messenger um, because the message is not clouded by the kind of person that he is. It's not like he is a criminal telling people not to commit crimes. He's someone who's in the manosphere, whose um, lifestyle actually aligns pretty much with the things that he says. There's no misalignment between what he preaches and what he, what they call it, um, he walks the talk. That's essentially what I'm saying. Okay. So I don't see any misalignment or inconsistency between the kind of things he says, his views on, um, you know, women, feminism, etc., and the kind of things that he does. I believe he is a certain kind of um, persona that has been, you know, forged in the crucible of modern day feminism, unfortunately. So he's like a product of the times. Okay. He wouldn't exist if modern feminism didn't exist. Um, and he wouldn't be so popular if modern feminism didn't exist. I'll explain um, why briefly. The kinds of women that Andrew Tate teaches men to um, respond to and you know learn how women think, this is how you react to them, this is how you should like um, talk to a woman if you want to get into a relationship with her, if you want to get the best out of a relationship with her, etc. Those tactics that he teaches only work with a particular kind of woman that is now you know, basically the, what you find um, between the ages of 18 and 25 in the West today, women that have been born and bred on third and fourth wave feminism. Okay. Um, these women are, they see sexual um, promiscuity as empowerment and men like Andrew Tate take advantage of that. They see um, these women look at men as like a uh, meal ticket and then like Andrew Tate see that as being exploitative and then they react to that. So um, I don't see, honestly, I, I don't see that Andrew Tate is someone that should, should be a role model for men today. On okay. the other hand, I see him as a necessity. Like he, Interesting. he as a necessity. Interesting. Um, Elaine, thoughts? I was agreeing to everything until the bit where you said I see him as a necessity. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think that we do need. I agree with you that we need something to balance out. Um, to balance out, we need new voices to balance out modern feminism. But I don't necessarily think that. I don't necessarily think that those voices should be Andrew Tate's. Um, and as you were speaking, I was thinking to myself that a lot of these men were coming into the manosphere and they're having this like these really bold ideas. One of the reasons why they're popular is because they're saying things that men daren't say. They're like, oh, I, I probably think this, but I would never say it because I, I would be canceled at work and my family would shun me. And like this guy is coming out and he's just saying it. So because of that, he's my hero. But I wonder if Andrew Tate believes this or this is just like, like glorified marketing, like he's created a persona that certain people can look up to. He comes and says this crazy outlandish stuff 
it's just like every now and then like a wrong clock is is right so i i don't really think that he is a necessity i think we need another variation of men like andrew tate who yeah. can balance out modern feminism without doing all the harm that andrew tate is doing so 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 you're convinced he's doing more harm than he is doing good i i am convinced he's doing more harm than he's doing good because <clears throat> i think that a lot of men will not be able to delineate between the good like the the factual things that he's saying mm -hmm. and and then just the recklessness of some of his practices do you understand what i mean they, no, they no, may see, yeah. they may think that this is they may think that if you're an alpha male you say these things you behave this way you see something you want you take it you if we, women are like for you to use them and, and things it's just like that makes no sense like some of the things he says is factual like the way he has gone about living his life is yeah it's reckless and stupid and as, as we've seen the consequences come to fall you know it's, it's funny that there's this one guy right on youtube he's big on youtube he's called sneeko <clears throat> and he was arguing with this other big um creator on youtube sneeko is a big andrew tate disciple like the guy he's trying to fight him he's, he's fighting to get him out of jail, jail right now as we speak like he's a huge disciple and he's always like you know regurgitating a lot of these talking points and then this other guy destiny he asked him he was like honestly if you had a daughter would you let her date someone like andrew tate and there was silence in the room like it was it was crickets <laughs> like it, it was crickets because i mean but you know my, my issue with that, that that kind of point of view is that it actually assumes a lack of agency on the part of the women. These are not 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old That's girls. true. That's true. And you Tate dates women. So saying that you wouldn't let your daughter date a man like Andrew Tate, there are women that are, you know, flocking to men like him every day. Like the women that were in his, uh, in his apartment, yeah. they weren't um, deceived. They went, they went there by their own will. They weren't kidnapped. Yeah. Exactly. He said himself, I told them, come to my apartment, and they came. So isn't there, like, shouldn't there be, you know, some consideration for the fact that these are women who are also getting something that they want out of this um, relationship with Andrew Tate? What do you think they want, Eve? What do you think they want, and what do you think they're getting? Um, so I haven't really thought about this, but just off the top of my head, I would say... Part of it is the allure of um, being associated with a powerful man. That's one thing that we know women want out of, you know, uh, young women especially want out of relationships. They want to be associated with you know, high status men. And we think he's a high status man. That's why you'll see, you know, nine women having children with, what, what's this guy's name, Nick Cannon. They know that he's not going to no, It's actually 12 they now. They know he's not going to be. He has 12 baby, <laughs> babies now. So, He's so the same kind of woman that will do that is <laughs> seeding the nations. So the same kind of woman that would have a baby with Nick Cannon, I mean, the, the 12th woman, yeah. is the same kind of woman that I think that would walk really into Andrew Tate's apartment and be an OnlyFans girl. So, so, so what do you think is wrong? Like, Why do you think society is producing these type of women that are drawn to these things like what do you think is the underlying issue here because that's not normal yeah i don't think it's normal at the same time i don't think it's new 
I think that what we have right now is we have a magnifier. We have a magnifying glass so we can see it. Which is I the internet, right? Time immemorial, women women are designed to want to be with the most powerful man. It's it's how you feel like biologically, this man can protect me, this man can provide for me. If I'm pregnant and I'm vulnerable, like this man can look after me. So I think that that has always been the case. But I think that with the dawn of social media um, and just what I what I call like this flashy culture, yeah. there are good and powerful men who are not like Andrew Tate. But men don't want them because, you know, they're geeky, they're quiet, they're doing things like trying to save the planet that people don't think is exciting. So, so what it sounds um, like is like you're saying toxic masculinity is alluring and has always been alluring. Toxic masculinity is alluring. Like, I think that women have to admit it. A good example to give is Elon Musk. Once upon a time, Elon Musk was not an asshole. No one cared about him. He wasn't popular. He was just, like, in the shadows somewhere. Then I think he did. I might be making this stuff, like, like correct me if I'm wrong. I think I think he did something to his hair. I think he had, like, hair transplant. He um, might have. Yeah, I think he was I, going uh, bald at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got hair transplanted. He, like he did a bit of working out. He changed his wardrobe, and he started saying the darndest things and started doing the craziest things. And now he's so popular. Like men are attracted to him, women are attracted to him. Similarly, with Jeff Bezos, like Jeff was just this weirdo guy who started super Amazon. nerd. Like if you look at him <laughs> from years ago and now, and now, I mean, he's been taking steroids. Obviously, like he's. Hey, jacked up exactly and now people are like oh my god he's so sexy people never described him that way before obviously he's not like i mean you could say that it's toxic masculinity as well because he felt like he needed to jack himself up to look that way Mm -hmm. but the point is men like that are alluring and i think that men who are not that way who are equally powerful and who are not harming like the society for some reason like the society does not lift them up and shine a light on them. And and also there aren't many of them to begin with. Yeah. And, and I think, I, I think broadly, yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I think part of it also is the fact that, um, if you look in media today, there's no one really speaking to men. There's a vacuum. There's no one speaking to men. If, if, it, if people are speaking to men, it's usually women or other men, like in a condescending manner, it's, it's women telling men how to how to behave and how to regulate their emotions and this and that it's always it's like this finger pointing but there's no one like catering to men you know you go on the media this these days and or online it's everywhere women are the future women this women rock women dominate this like there's there's people like constantly encouraging women in even in corporate america you know there's this there's all this drive to constantly push women forward you know, in order to um, compensate for whatever ills may have happened in the past with discrimination, you know, it, it's there. There's this hyper awareness. There's there's community. Um, there's 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 um there's holidays. There's there's a whole month that's dedicated to like women cancer. You know, we have all these things in society that cater to women, and I'm not saying men necessarily need to have this you know cuddling or anything, but there's nothing nothing whatsoever there's no spaces dedicated to males any spaces that are dedicated to male are automatically seen as toxic and i think that maybe that's one of the issues is it's that there's this vacuum out there and there are young boys out there that don't necessarily have father um don't necessarily have fathers and the and the you know a lot of these kids the internet is what's raising them 
they get a lot of the influences from the internet and they end up resorting to people like Andrew Tate or, you know, Kevin Samuels. And, you know, and those ones, they also know what they're doing. They know that they need to kind of like, they need to do a little bit of, you know, entertainment too and, you know, to get them going and to get them talking. And that's what, that's how we end up in these situations. But you were going to say something, Lady V. Yeah, I, I was going to say that I broadly agreed with um, Elaine's description or identification of the problem, but I I would disagree that it's toxic masculinity. That's that's I that, I wouldn't call it that um, because I think what it is is that women are attracted to men that have an edge to them, so they have this latent um, threat or uh, aggression that's like just below the surface. For some men, it's overt. For some men, it's latent. But women are attracted to men that have that edge. A man who doesn't have an edge is, you know, you, you describe him as like an effeminate man or, you know, like a wimp, etc. Those are the men that don't have an edge. That, that edge doesn't necessarily lend itself to toxicity, per se, but um, it can be used in ways that are negative. So think of a father who's like protective of his children, of his home from outside um, interference. Yeah. That's a man that has an edge. Um, so you can wield that edge. If you listen to the other pieces, we talked about this all the time, um, being able to integrate the shadow. So being able to wield that edge in healthy ways, that's a healthy expression of your masculinity. But then um, what's happening is you're seeing a rise of men that are wielding their masculinity in ways that are not so healthy, um, which is what I, I guess we would call toxic masculinity. But I wouldn't say that women are just by nature attracted to toxic masculinity. I think women are attracted to masculinity full stop, whether it's healthy or unhealthy. Um, I, I also think um, if you actually look at the media, I, w- I wouldn't say that it's that w- nobody is talking to men at all. I think that there is actually very clear messaging directed at men and that messaging, if you boil it down, it's essentially saying be less manly. Yeah, which is what I'm saying. There's a finger pointing that's going on. That the only talking exactly. that's going on is is te- is telling men how to behave or like trying to correct men in some way. Exactly. At least that's what I see. I don't see anyone exactly. necessarily praising men, even though I don't Uplifting, think. Exactly. Yeah, even though I don't think men are necessarily need or like are looking for people to like uplift them. You know, I I, I think that in itself is something that women tend to do amongst each other like they they tend to like gas each other up i don't think that's necessarily something that's geared towards men but there's it's almost like there's no type of the only time that 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 you hear about people refer to men and anytime you hear men in the media it's usually to scold them that's what i've I've realized which is unfortunate and yeah i I don't know i i don't know it's just one of those things where it's like i think once Andrew Tate is taken out, if he's taken out, there's going to be many more Andrew Tates that come up. And only God knows where well, this, what question. direction this thing I is going to go. I have a question for you guys, though. What, what actually would he have done wrong in this scenario? Because I'm still struggling to identify to, okay. like, uh, so, what's criminal. Because when people say he's like telling on himself in these interviews, mm-hmm. what has he actually told on himself about crimes are admitted I, and i'm and that's that's a good question so let me play another clip where he's actually saying more source more um disturbing things hold on 
machismo girl. You're all machismo. Let's first take a look from his own words, what he says. I found this little webcam thing. So I text all my girlfriends. They're all coming here to live with me and work with me. All five flew in. This bitch. I'm like, she's my girlfriend. She's my girlfriend. She's my girl. You're all my chick. And you're going to stay here and we're going to make some money. Three left, two stayed. And we started this little webcam business from my apartment. Got to the point where at one point I had 75 women working for me in four locations. I had one girl and she got too drunk one day and she threw up in my apartment. I told her to clean up. She refused to clean up. Start being an idiot. So I took her stuff throughout the window. If all the other girls see of me be disrespected, yeah. they're going to lose respect. For me. Fact. I didn't want to fire her, which is more reason why I had to fire her at. Got her shit out the window. So I out the window. <laughs> Got her by her two arms and marched her out the door, locked the door. Text me, you owe me my last month's wages. I ain't paying you nothing. You she went to the police and told the police I hit her. This is how it starts. This is how law enforcement involvement with him starts. Five in the morning, four months later, I heard the door boom, boom, and I heard police. There's a few things I can't say in the podcast. I've done, I've lived a varied life. That you is hear a that? form of self snitching. That indicates that there's things out there that are illegal that he's done. I've done mm. some things when I had to pay the bill what's this gonna be so i like flush my phone down the toilet quickly boom. so i destroy evidence flush my phone down the toilet <laughs> like i'm looking around what do i have to hide i'm hiding shit i'm destroying evidence one of the problems that you have with a guy like this is there's a treasure trove of statements that he makes that a prosecutor can use to impeach him with if he ever decides to testify up with all these chicks just stuck in their house sitting there bored and of course they don't go out they're not allowed out so i got all these chicks they're in love with me they don't go out they're not allowed out. Restricting somebody of their movement is part of force, fraud, or coercion. You stay in the house. You don't go nowhere. You're not, no restaurant, no club. No. Do you get to eat? Do you get to take a shit? When you start controlling somebody like that, that is the crux of you come here on a promise, but when you get here, I control your every movement. That's coercion. Forget the sex part. You start beating the shy. I grab you by your neck. Start annoying me. Trying to resist. I just fuck. That is who he's got to be in order to control these women. I mean, he's playing like a pimp role. Because he was broke before, right? Now he's making money off the backs of all these ladies brought to him because they're in love with him. They are, their movement is restricted. According to him, they're beaten. That is slavery. One of the issues that <laughs> you're going to have for somebody that has multiple citizenship is whether they're a risk of flight or not. If I fuck up, England wants me in jail, I can fly a Nigerian passport or an American or an English. I have so many passports. Well, let's first... I mean, that's... Yeah, again. Nigerian passport? Yes, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah, I'm and, and that's just uh, we haven't even cracked the cracked the surface yet. This there's, there's a whole trip of all that stuff that he said, like wild shit that he said. And it's funny because this lawyer that was breaking it down, his account got like really it, like the Andrew Tate fans came for him, man. Like, it was it was a lot, but um, but Eve, that's that's just like a snippet of some of the things that he said where he's having he's flying girls in, and he's saying making all these rules. They're not allowed to do this. They're not allowed to do that talking about flushing phones down the toilet like maybe he's not necessarily admitting to crimes but if a police officer is looking at that i mean that's more than enough enough to say okay we need to look into this guy we need to launch an investigation of some kind especially if if there are people coming to the to the police station reporting him and saying he did this and this and that i mean w would you agree eve well i mean if you ask me I think the primary charge that I've heard being leveled at him is that he's um, this sex trafficking, like he's been trafficking women and I guess forcing them into prostitution. It doesn't sound like that's what he's been doing. I mean, from the evidence of his own, you know, interviews, yeah. maybe there's like an underground business that he's been running, but just from the webcam business, which he talks about all the time, he does. it doesn't sound to me like sex trafficking. 
it sounds like pimping. And this is not pimping as in, you know, women who have been forced or coerced into doing it. These are people who did like voluntarily went into that arrangement because remember he mentioned that there were five girls he called. Yeah. Two of them decided not to come. Three came. Yes. So they, they came by choice. And then the business eventually grew to 75 people. That doesn't sound like a sex trafficking ring to me. Yeah, but, like but then is he paying he, taxes on it? If he's not paying taxes on it, that's an illegal business. I mean, is he the first to not pay taxes? He's no. not being charged for not paying taxes. The charge was sex trafficking. So what I'm saying is from what we've seen so far, unless there's new evidence that comes out, it doesn't seem to me like he was running a sex trafficking ring. It's a webcam business. It's, it's disgusting. It's not something that I would do. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, it's not a, a crime as far as I know. So Elaine, I, I know I, I know you have like a legal background, right? Like well, what would you say in terms of like flying girls over, bringing them to your house in somewhere like Europe? Like do, do you have like any idea of like some of the um, laws he could possibly be breaking when you do stuff like that? It depends on how you do it. So um, they've actually, I think there's like, there are two charges that I've seen, sex trafficking and rape, um, or, or, or sorry, violence, violent sexual assault is how they put it. And they said that with sex trafficking, they were using like this lover boy model where they would get- yes, I heard about it. Yeah, so, so that's the thing. I mean, you can fly anybody anywhere. That's fine. It is how you do it. So if you do it, like if you fly somebody somewhere under duress mm -hmm. um, or you manipulate them or you threaten them or you blackmail them or you deceive them into coming somewhere saying this is something that they're coming to do. And then when they get there, you force them to do something else, um, especially if that thing then turns around money for you and then is of a sexual nature, then it's sex trafficking. Interesting. So that's yeah. what they believe he has done. So what's, so what's this lover boy thing? Because I, I keep hearing about it. Like, what's this model about? So lover boy model for sex trafficking is when a man approaches a woman, like usually on the internet, usually a woman who's like of a younger age. So he like, you know, pretends to develop a relationship with her. And this relationship is like, they burn bright really quickly. So it's like, oh, very intense. Like, I love you. I want to love marry bombing. you. Love bombing. Love bombing. That's yeah. what they call it. It's love bombs her. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, fly out and come and see me. So she does that. And when she gets there, she can't leave. And she has to, like, you know, do sexual activities with other people or even with him that he then turns around to make money. You know, someone, you know, I, I'm about to make a very, very serious admission here. Someone has actually done... It obviously, it wasn't sex related, but someone has done something similar to me in the UK. <laughs> I swear, this is like this is a long time ago. This is like, this is like early reverse reverse Nigerian yeah. prince. But yeah, but but if they, but this one had nothing to do with sex or anything. Let let me let me break it down. Let me tell you guys what happened. My my travel story. I was in the UK, right? I think I just graduated high school, so I was in the UK. I was trying to move to the US, so. But I didn't, my 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 uh, green card or whatever, I wasn't ready. So my parents had me go stay in the UK. And I was in the UK indefinitely. And at some point, my, my parents weren't just going to just be sending me money all the time. Or at least they weren't sending me the kind of money that I wanted to be, to have, to shop. So I left my my aunt's place. You know, I called up one of my connects, one of my cousins. He, cousin hooked me up with this guy that pretty much helps nigerians find jobs <laughs> i hope i'm not admitting to any crimes here but um so i was in london at the time 
So I told my aunt that I was going to my other aunt's place. I told my other aunt that I was at my other aunt's place. You know that, that cruise. And that's how giving me this guy's number. The guy's name was um Ricky or something. But it was the Igbo man. <laughs> very, very Igbo, very strong Igbo accent. Said, ah, this guy, okay, don't worry, I got you. Sent me money for a bus ticket to, to Birmingham. I didn't know where I was going. No one knew where the heck I was. I think only one person knew. And I was like, you better not tell anyone. Um, I, I get to Birmingham. Obviously, I didn't have any money. I end up in, this guy picks me up from the, some other guy that wasn't the Ricky guy, picks me up from the bus station, takes me to the house. I'm like, what's going on here? The house is empty. There was only, I think, cereal. And I think there was like Indomie in the kitchen or something. <laughs> I swear. It was dark. It was effed up. And I, I never saw this Ricky guy at that time. He was just like, you're going to meet this guy. He's going to hook you up. There was like a bunk bed. I'm like, what the heck is this? So the next day, you know, the Ricky guy shows up. He gets me my bus pass. No money. He's like, you're going to go to this place. You're going to go do a uh, security guard at this store. I was like two hours away. I'm telling you, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I'm, and I was a teenager at this time. So I, I start going there every day. You know, two hours away, it was, it was depressing. Like two hours to get there. It was in this Shrewsbury or something. And it was this all-white neighborhood. And I remember I, would, I got there. I was the only black person in that town, one of these small towns. And I would, I would be doing my security, <laughs> right? And there would be these white kids outside the grocery store or by the window just like, throwing racial epithets at me like just vile stuff it was very it was a very depressing job i didn't i didn't have any money and then i remember during break time i would eat the bread at the grocery store they always had free bread there and i was just like what am i doing i didn't have a cell phone nothing and i remember after like the first week or after the first two weeks i was supposed to get paid that's how mr ricky said ah, no you have to pay uh, money for phone bill. I said phone bill. I didn't use the phone. Electric bill. He said no. That I have to. I have to pay him back, and that is going to take time. I said yeah. <laughs> what have I entered? Why does this sound like what happens to girls that are trafficked to Italy? To become yeah, they yes. like you have to pay. Yes. You have to pay me for the money. It yes, me to that's, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly yeah. to to wow. today. My oh, actually, my siblings know about it, but my parents don't know about it. But it was one of those things where, so for like a whole month, right? I was stuck here. I didn't have money, and then the other guy that was in the house, he was also doing the same job, but while while paying rent, and pretty much like three quarters of your paycheck went to paying the rent and all these silly bills that you aren't using. So at some point, I begged the guy. The guy was like, man, I've been here for like a year. I've been saving up for my parents and back home in my village. I'm like, guy, I just need to just make a phone call. Just borrow me some money. <laughs> like, just anything. Like, I need to get the he heck out of here. And then finally, Shah, Shah gave me, he gave me like some, some pennies or whatever. Or whatever it was at the time. I went straight. Wait, you were there for a year? No, no, no. No, for, no he, he had been there for a year. Oh, the other guy. Yeah, the other guy had been there for a year. I At this point, this was like three weeks of being there. No one knew where I was. And then uh, he shot, gave me some money. I took the money. First thing I did was I went to the phone booth, made a call. I'm like, guy, I, I need help. Like, I think it was my cousin that I called. Send me Western Union. Send Western Union. I was out. I never went back to the house. 
But obviously, the guy was still owing me money now. You know, I went back to London. You know, my all my my aunts were worried. Where have you been? I didn't tell them anything. I was just like I was at my friend's place. No one knew what the heck I, what what the heck was going on. But after like, you know, after like it dawns on you that you just went through like this really fucked up process. You know, there was no food in the house. It was like cereal. All I ate was cereal and bread for like three weeks straight. Anyway, instead dawning on me, I'm like, ah, but that money that I work for, man, I can't let that shit go. I can't. So I went, I somehow got this Mr. Ricky's office in London. And I found out when he... You he, went there? I went to. I went. <laughs> I, I swear, I ah, no, I was like, I went, I confronted him at his office. They tried to curb me. They're like, he's not around. I know, I said, I know this guy is here. I see his car. Mr. Ricky used to drive a Benz. <laughs> like this guy. And I kept wondering how many, how many houses like this does he have all over the UK with different people from different from different parts of Nigeria that are staying here. The guy that I met at that place had been there for a year and he had been trying to save up and he had been doing this security guard thing. Anyway, long story short, because I confronted him. Uh, they were like, he's not here. His assistant was like, he's not here. I just waited. I was like, all right, I'll wait. And then he was about to start leaving to go home. And I saw him. I'm like, you know, Mr. Ricky, how far now? Like, Okay, this guy, you lost me a lot of money. Ah, you left, blah, blah, blah. I, I should be charging you. You're owing me money. I said, no, 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 no. I said, Mr. Ricky, you owe me money. Like, I'm not one of these people. Like, I know you owe me money. I've, I've worked for that money. I, I know what I went through for that money. I used to, I used to have people throwing N-word at me at the, at the grocery store. Like, old men would just walk up to me, look at me. Because it was an all-white town. And they would look at me like, what the heck is this, this N-word doing here? I, I, I know I suffered for that money. So he was about to start leaving. He was like, no. Then he hopped in his car. Omo, I grabbed it. I grabbed his shirt. <laughs> okay, oh, my God. He pushed me away. He hopped in his car. Okay. I hung on to the car. Like, I'm like, I, he, the car was moving. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I grabbed him. I'm like, don't play with me. Because at that point, I didn't care. I'm like, just whatever you want to send me. But you need to send me something. You need to drop something. And then he realized that I was being serious. Like, you know, I, I wasn't just one of these people. Like, I had people. It's not, I could have called people. I could have easily called the police. I, I, he knew. I wasn't like, like, I'm, like this one of these illiterate people. And he should have sent me some money. And the first thing I went to go do was buy Timberland boots. <laughs> that was all I wanted. I wanted, I wanted buy some, there were some blue Timberland boots that I'd been dying to get. I blew I blew that money within a, a few days, but yeah, that was just you know a that funny is story. Really fortunate how you were able to kind of get out of that because like some of that. I people mean, thank God you survived. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, because and nobody knew where you were. No one knew. Like if anything happened to you, like if you were attacked, no and one, you had to go to hospital. I'm telling you, no one knew, and I had no, I had no money in my pocket. No one, there was no way, no one would have known where I was if something had happened to me. I was in Birmingham. No one, I, I'd never been there. And then where I worked was like two hours away by, by train. It was, one. Well, I used to have to wake up at like 4 a.m. to get ready. And I would get back home at like 8 o'clock. Tired. And after all this, this man will not give you your money. Ah, I, no, that, that, like you ah no, no. <laughs> I know. I, I was ready to, I was ready to fight him. I was young. I was a skinny kid. I didn't have much weight on me, but I, I was ready to die there. That's one thing about me. If I'm ready to die there, I like I know I, I I'm ready to go today. 
But um, but yeah, that's that's just a funny story that uh, I thought I would just drop there. I didn't I didn't intend to bring that up. My, I mean, most of my friends know about it, but uh, till today, Crazy. my my mom and dad they still ask me like, Ibululo, like, because they, they kept wondering. They called both aunties. They were like, "Where did this guy go?" And I just I just stayed KG with them. But funny story. Um, I think we should take a break, man. Before we take a break, I do want to get in, well. After we come back from the break, I want to get into the Harry and Meghan thing. But before we do that, um, before we take this music break, I don't know if you guys had any final thoughts on the Andrew Tate situation. Um, I, I think for me, final thoughts is that um, I, I wanted to speak to the point you made earlier about how there aren't enough spaces for men. What's interesting is that those spaces are actually, they're growing. They're being curated by men who are not necessarily like Andrew Tate, they're not flashy, they're not, you know, they don't have that edgy masculinity that, you know, um, Eve was talking about that most women find attractive or that most men even find attractive. So almost in a way, maybe other men don't see these men as men worthy of like emulating, but like these spaces do exist. Like, are you talking about in the mainstream or are you talking about independent yeah. spaces like no, YouTube? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in the mainstream, like there are a lot of creators on Instagram um, who, are, who are creating exclusively for men, who are creating content for men, who are, you know, either married men, single men, um, and, and they talk about like, wanting to hold space for men but what you find is that they're hardly in the limelight um you always find that they're usually um eclipsed by men like um andrew tate and i can't remember um a name off the top of my head right now there are two men that come to mind one black guy please don't um, say Derek jackson <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god uh, nah, it's not Jerry Jackson. I, there's this guy. Um, I forget his name now. Um, and there's another this is guy. Fresh and fit guy. No, this no. is not a fresh and this this is not a fresh and fit guy. This is this guy who um he's married. He's got two girls. Um, I think his name is Corey or something. He's of Nigerian really? and um Jamaican descent. Um, is is really good. Even I like, and he's a therapist as well. Okay. Um, and even I like to like um like listen and read his content because I think that they're really helpful. There's another guy. This is a guy who played um I forget the name of the actor, but he was in um Jane the Virgin, and and he played the he played like the the darkhead actor. Like he has a podcast um where like you know the podcast is essentially about holding space for men, a place where men can speak, where they can actually you know relate with women or relate with themselves. But like they're just not popular. That's I, I, I guess I guess they, they're just not toxic enough. They're not getting yeah, the exactly. clicks. <laughs> I feel like that's what I feel. I feel like they're not toxic enough. So because of that, when men like Andrew Tate and Kevin Samuels, when they enter into the manosphere, they obviously want to be successful. And you think, how can I be successful? It's like you have to push the envelope. You have to push the boundaries. You have to say things yeah. that people are going to be like, "Whoa!" The algorithms, man. The algorithms exactly. only pick up on toxicity. I would stir up debate, so it makes me wonder how much of those things they actually believe themselves. Um, the other thing that I wanted to quickly mention, but I think I've actually forgotten it now. Um, so I think I'm just going to round up there. But like, um, yeah, that's just what I wanted to add. Okay, Eve. Yeah, so um, I agree. I think some of these uh, manosphere, the people are really prominent in the manosphere could just be working the outrage machine. Um, but I'm, I firmly believe that there's a number of them at least that 
actually do believe in what they're preaching because again they're responding to something that is very real in the society like the dynamics between men and women have changed um you know the the lot of men in society has like you know the position of men in society has diminished or the role of men in society has diminished men are looking for purpose etc so when you see men that are a bit more moderate in you know, creating space for men, etc. It, I, th I think that apart from them not having that edge, um, or what people might call toxic masculinity, I think it's also that the response might not be seen as adequate, because it's like you need to meet fire with fire. Yeah, so I see what you mean. I see what if you they're mean. not, if if they're not really able to fully identify and address the problem, then it's like. Okay, so for example, the family court system and how it, you know, chews men up and spits them out. Yeah. If you don't come with something that is just as drastic to respond to that problem, then you're not, it's not an adequate response. I think people are basically looking for something that's an adequate and equal response to what they're dealing with in society. I agree. I agree. It's almost like there, there needs to be a matching of the energy. And, and, and we've heard from the, you know, the feminist side, like this new age feminism, how crazy some of the ideas are. A lot of the ideas even get mainstreamed. So it's almost like the, the male side is almost trying to compensate for that. And in order to do that, in order to get those attention and clicks, they kind of have to build it up a little bit with some of their bombastic um, rhetoric. That's what I, that's what I think. But, um, I want, I want to put a pin on that, Ja. Um, I want to take a quick music break. This is Amina by The Mavens. I love this track. Uh, we'll be right back.
chop up, they won't see me, they won't feel it, yo. Wait till now, wait till now, if you are the chase, you're not chasing now. Girl, you make a whole your waistline. Mm, yeah. Girl, you make a whole your waistline. Make a chop it like a whole salad. When the night is too bad, don't make a give in the shower. When I pull up in the club, in my day, so you don't see me fresh like power. Okay, you didn't make me the meta. She be at the make you the mother, mother, mother. All right, we're back. <clears throat> so, Prince Harry dropped a book. It's called The Spare, right? Prior to dropping the book, he, he and his wife, Megan, had dropped a Netflix special. I haven't seen it, but I've been seeing excerpts of this book. Now, the Netflix special, the general reaction I've gotten so far is that, you know, um, maybe they were a little snowflakey. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Can anyone kind of give us any feedback on the show? Um, starting with uh, Eve. Okay, all right, Elaine. <laughs> it's a docu-series. Okay, all right, well... Like I, I, people betray these tiny jabs. You just call it a show. <laughs> I think it was in Guardian. In the Guardian, they called it um, a reality TV show. It's just like, come on, you guys. It's a docu series. That's what they called it. Um, I don't think that they were snowflakey per se, but I think they they displayed very high levels of uh, privilege and naivete. Um, and suddenly, <laughs> keeping up with the <laughs> um, and and I don't and Meghan Markle suddenly realized her blackness, like only be only because she's like you know only by her proximity to this imperialist mm-hmm. um, white family that benefited from like thousands of years of slavery. Um, suddenly, she realizes that oh, I'm, I'm a black woman, and people are going to treat me differently. And suddenly, Prince Harry realized that, oh, my God, racism exists. There's, there are words like gaslighting, oh, my mental health. It's just like, what is wrong with you people? Where have you been? Um, so sometimes you're watching and you just want to shake them. Like, like get a grip of yourselves, you know? Um, on the other hand, you kind of want to think as well that, okay, if I'm in this, like, if I'm in their shoes, like, having the same level of exposure as they <laughs> clearly have, the whole it looks like the experience has been traumatizing for them um if you ask me in terms of like quality of your docuseries i think it was beautifully produced like it was very idyllic you know it started out like they had this like wild wind like fairy tale romance and then there was like the hiccup and it's like the british press and royal family were like the evil stepmom and then they were able to run away to their fairy godmother who is tyler perry like dance away into the sunset you know you know like and really that's really what the synopsis is and they do dance away into 
into the into the sunset or the sunrise or whatever on like a beach or whatever but honestly it, they said they wanted to tell their story and all of that and I was like okay fine I can understand wanting to tell your side of the story like in a more comprehensive way more much more than the interview that we saw with um Oprah, Oprah. Wait, what so, I don't so, wait so wait how, how many episodes was it um, I think there are four parts. Okay, and it was like an hour each. Six episodes. Oh, six. Six, six episodes. Okay, yeah, six, yeah. yeah. So they're on an hour each, um, six episodes. But after that, I felt, okay, this is nice. Like, this this ties it up nicely. Like, okay, fine. Like, you know, they, they got a lot of good reviews with that. Yeah. The bad reviews you're probably seeing now is because um, they're, they're leaks from harry's book called spare yeah and people are just like you guys said you wanted to be left alone now you won't leave us alone yeah yeah so that's sort of like where we are so i think that the early good reviews they got like oh my god like this happened to them wow like the press was like as hard on them when they weren't that hard on andrew like who was friends with like jeffrey epstein yeah. people were kind of that conversation was still happening like, they didn't let it marinate before they started leaking pages of despair and people were just like dude like you guys like, said back you to back go away. Yeah. like you're in our face you said you didn't want to be in our face and you're here now yeah they, they, it's almost like because that's one of the harry's thing right his mom died from the spectacle he always wanted to get away from it and you know they decided that they didn't want any parts of this royal shenanigans they decided to move to the united states but then it's almost like you guys have had your cake you're eating it what's the problem and it's, it's like back to back. There's always one thing or the other. Uh, and to me, it just always feels like there's always some level of complaint from Megan. I'm not saying that the royal family may not have done things to insult them. Like I heard about the fact that someone in the royal family had talked some shit about their their child being black and, and you know, how dark that, that child was going to be. I, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm sure there was some ignorant stuff that happened. This is the first time a black person was marrying into that level of the royal family doesn't justify it um and i'm and then, you know the the british media too can be brutal but come on i mean we saw what they did to diana you really you really think the british media is gonna the, you saw how they treated diana and that's one of theirs that's one yeah, of theirs i think that one of the important things that you take away from watching that docuseries and other docuseries about the british monarchy is that in order for them to maintain relevance and to maintain popularity they have to come into like a contract with the british press the, the, the tag, the contract, we pay you post. So because we, the public, mm. we we pay for your lifestyle, for you yeah. to live as royals, we have the right to see, you know, aspects of your life. So they come to an agreement that, okay, we will show this, we will do this. A lot of what we see of royalty, honestly, is made up. It's just all fanfare and mystery and all of that. Mm. And historically, the idea was that the more mysterious royalty were, like the more revered they were, like they were never on TV. They, like you could, you, you, you only heard, you never saw them. Mm. But as soon as people started thinking, hold on, after all the revolutions, the one in France, yeah. and like people were just thinking, what is the point of a king and a queen? Like who, what you were ordained by God and yeah. all your children as well. They were like, we need to, we need to get popularity up. We need to do more than just sit around. We need to do charity. So they started work. to reform a little bit. They started to reform and they started to open themselves up. The more they did that, the more the scrutiny grew. And 
when you're somebody like Diana, if you watch a lot of the documentaries about Diana, she did court, she courted the attention. You know, she would say stuff like, if I have all of these, like, you know, paparazzi following me, then I better take them somewhere worthwhile. Yeah. So she used it for good. Harry is kind of doing the same thing now. I don't think he realizes it. They drummed up attention with the docu-series. After the docu-series, they released another docu-series called Leave to Lead. Then he's going to release a book. It's like, what you're saying your mom did where she was playing this tit for tat with the press, yeah. you're kind of doing it now. The only thing is that I don't, I think Harry and Meghan, they are overestimating their genocide. They don't have that thing, that star quality that Diana had where she just walked into a room and there, there was a way Diana was loved, her. man. Diana was loved. I, rem I remember her. I, the way I remember Diana is my mom weeping. The way Ni that. Nigerian women used to Nigerian put Diana on, on top of their head. They carry Diana on top of their head. So it's just like, people don't feel that way about Harry and Meghan. But I think they have an overestimated opinion of themselves. Um. So th these are parts of the book that like The Guardian describes. He says, um, this is like some excerpts where Harry gets into a confrontation with William. Describing it... I mean, I'm going to say it in my best British accent. Describing a confrontation at his London home in 2019, Harry says William called Meghan difficult, rude, and abrasive, which Harry calls a parroting of the press narrative about his American wife. The confrontation escalated. Harry writes until William grabbed me by the collar, ripping my necklace, and knocked me to the floor. Like, come on, this guy sounds like such a wimp. I'm sorry. Come on. This is, this is your big brother here, man. This it's is your big like brother here, man. Put up a fight. I know, right? Like, really, like... What happened with Johnny Depp? He's really clutching his pearls here, talking about ripping my necklace. Like, what are we talking about here? When I saw this, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be toxic masculine or anything, but come on now. This is your brother. Like, show some... Sh ah, come on. You fell down. Your necklace fell. You, literally, you, you're clutching your necklace. Come on, knock me to the floor. The extraordinary scene which Harry says resulted in visible injury to his back. Come on. Is one of many in spare, which will be published world. But why are you throwing your brother under the bus? I, I get it. They're not on good terms. But it's like, really? Over like a scrap? You guys have been fighting all your lives. Um, The book's title, blah, 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 blah. Now, I do want to share this. I want to also share this other link that um, this is something that Elaine had actually referred me to. The top eight reveals of this book um everything this is from the shade borough i've followed them thanks for the for the referral elaine um everything leaked from harry prince harry's autobiography so far number one prince harry claims to have killed 25 people while on tour in afghanistan uh, i thought I thought military men don't share their kills like that was the whole point like they're, they're supposed to keep it to themselves okay Prince Harry admits that watching Meghan Markle's suits sex scene was a mistake. Gosh, this is TMI. We don't need to know this. We really don't. Prince Harry used cocaine, cannabis, and magic mushrooms while at Eton at 17. Okay. I mean, maybe there's some people that are interested in these things. I just, everything that I've learned about these two, it, was, it has been against my will. Uh, what else do we have here? Okay, I'm dying against my will. <laughs> well, like, William and Kate thought Harry should wear a Nazi uniform for a fancy dress party in 2005. Oh, the, is, he, is he trying to blame William for 
the Nazi uniform he wore. Ah, abba, abba, abba. Ah, Harry, Harry. Can I play devil's advocate? Can I just say that? Yeah, you know what? God, oh. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're reading headlines. Like we don't True. know whether these guys they're sensationalizing. It's just like, oh, look at what he said. So they're putting. So we don't know what the context True. was in the book. Um, but. Obviously, as you're reading it right now, it does sound like an overshare. Yeah. Um, what else do we have here? Harry and William urged King Charles to not marry Camilla. Yeah, I think I think that this has been pretty documented. Like they never wanted, they never liked her. But I think they all seem to get along now. And Charles actually genuinely seems happy with this lady that he's been with. Like they've stuck it out. Camilla Parker Bowles. The old so even if even if they're not happy with her. It is not his place to say that in public about yeah, someone right. who is the queen consort. Can't say that. Oh my goodness. Uh, Harry visited a woman with psychic powers to receive a message from his mother. I mean, this I I I, I they missed their mom. They, this was a tragic incident that happened, and I can imagine. So your mom gets taken away from you in such a very tragic way. Um, I, I can see how you would do all these things to try to still connect with her. Um, Harry reveals that he lost his virginity to an older woman in a field behind a pub at the age of seventeen. This is very, this is very unlike royals. They don't. Sh- this, this is the first time I'm seeing sh- royals share this much. Um, and I, I don't. Okay, number eight. William suggested Harry and Meghan get married in a village chapel rather than St Paul's Cathedral or Westminster Abbey. Thoughts, Eve. Thoughts about Harry, yeah. about Harry in I general. Mean, I, I just, I want to hear your take. So, I mean, every time Harry says something these days, it just, it makes me feel like, you know, I wish he hadn't even said anything at all. With every new revelation, it's just like, can you please just shut up? Because, you know, if this was back in the 1700s, even the 1800s, this guy would have been thrown in the Tower of London for prison <laughs> by now. Yeah, like you don't do this. Like this is not this, this is not just family squabbles. This is the royal family you're talking about. You're talking about you're smearing the actual king, and you're smearing the future king in writing. Is this is not just slander? It's not just libel. This is it's treasonous, as far as I'm concerned. Ah, uh, so, treasonous. I mean, <laughs> <it's> treasonous. <laughs> no, but honestly, if if if, if, it, if it, it, just pause and think about it for a second, you just take yourself out of like you know looking at them as because these are not just regular people. Yeah, they are symbols, like it or not. The problem is that Harry has never been comfortable with the fact that he is part of an institution but then he's not the heir. So he keeps making allusions in the documentary and in uh, the docuseries and in the book. Yeah, even the, the title of the book, Spare, is like in case something exactly. happens to William, the he's the spare. The the book is the most vindictive, woe is me, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, my lot in life is so terrible thing I've ever seen. Like you're literally born with this golden spoon in your mouth Literally, literally, and <laughs> babies your yeah. entire life, but like we're meant to feel sorry for you. Like I get it, you, you you don't like the fact that you don't have privacy, but your grandma spent seventy plus years of her life doing this, and I mean 
the woman didn't complain the entire time. Like, man up for God's sake, grow a pair. Like, it, he just, it's frustrating to me that, like, he, he just, he, he doesn't understand that ed, not everything is about you. Not everything is about you, Harry. The country relies on the royal, like, the, the monarchy as a symbol, the symbol of, you know, it represents something. Um, Harkens back to, uh, you know, better times when there was a British Empire, but it's a symbol that is unifying, it's a symbol of hope, etc. You need to play your part in the institution. If you're not going to play your part, then leave. But then don't use the fact that you're part of the royal family to try to make money. It's not done. Like the Queen had, um, the late Queen had um, this slogan or mantra, never complain, never explain. And that's because as a public face, your public face should just be like, a poker face essentially you do not sweat you do not sweat in public you do not show like you know the underbelly of you know the what's happening within the family so it's just wrong I think this is a big mistake he's going to regret it at the point when Megan is tired of him and she decides to you know get divorced oh um, yeah. so that I you know that I, that's I, my can, I can put money on that one that's that one I can put money on it's covered and this guy has he's burned bridges with his entire family um, he's going to have to run back to them at, at some point, cap in hand. He doesn't know how to make money on his own. He's never worked a day in his life. It, 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 I, I feel like I get, I get, I get last born syndrome vibes from him, even though he's really yeah. just the second born. Um, there, there are some yeah. additional and excerpts that I want to just quickly touch on here. He, he continued, Harry writes that he gave his brother a glass of water and said, really, I can't speak to you when you're like this. He writes, he set down the water. No, he, he set down the water called me another name, they came at me, it all happened so fast, so very fast, he grabbed me by the collar, ripping my necklace, and he knocked me to the floor, I landed on the dog's bowl, which cracked under my back, the pieces cut cutting into me, I lay there for a moment, dazed, then got to my feet, and told him to get out, um, and then he goes on to say, uh, Harry writes that William urged him to hit back, citing fights they had as children. Harry says he refused to do so. William left. Harry says then returned, looking regretful and apologized. Um, turned and called back. You don't need to tell Meg about this. You mean that you attacked me? I didn't attack you, Harold. <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a soap opera, man. Oh man, it just sounds like like two brothers going at it. Like it's not. I mean, if, if this is the kind of stuff that people pay money to read, I guess whatever floats their boat, man. But to me, it's just but it's Corey, petty this stuff. This thing is not adding up. It's not adding up. Like, he, according to him, William said something offensive about Meghan to him. I thought about that. It's I thought like, about you're that. You're the one who's offended. And then and it was William attacking. Attack it didn't there's make a, any sense. There's a big gap between It didn't make any sense. It's like, the person that should be attacking is you. I know. I, but you, you know how they say there's always that. three versions of the truth his story her story and you know the truth uh we'll never really know and something tells me william will never respond he may he might put out a press statement but I, he will never get into it william he's the most tight-lipped royal that i've seen he doesn't say much <laughs> he just you know waves kisses babies and he just does his own thing 
Um, because he understands the assignment. Yeah, you know? but I, I take it. I also take it, Eve, that you're not really a fan of this Harry guy. Like you, you sound like you, you really don't really like him. Um, so I'm a fan of. What does she have to? I'm a royalist. <laughs> wait, I'm wait, a you're royalist. a royalist? I'm on. I'm on the side of the royal family, and I Are think Harry sets himself against the royal family. So I don't. I have a problem with Harry and Meghan. Wow, you're a royalist. I think you're like the first black woman I met who is a royalist. So what's a royalist? Why is this so shocking? Wait, what's a royal? A royalist you know, like, is someone that has like allegiance to the royal family. Schools of thought. Okay. So in the UK, there are two schools of thought. There are those that feel the monarchy is outdated, should be abolished, and then there are those that feel they should be uh, maintained. So a royalist is someone that's in support of the monarchy continuing to exist. But do you also support what they stand for? What they historically stand for? And even what they still I mean, what they, what they historically stand for is that they are, you know, a bloodline that is that has been charged with leadership of the British Empire and then now the UK and the Commonwealth, right? So I think someone is going to have to lead. Um, there are different schools of thought. There's monarchical systems, there's authoritarian systems, there's democratic systems. If you choose a monarchical system and it works for you, great. If you choose a democratic system and it works for you, great. So I like the fact that they chose a monarchical system, did it in such a way that it was effective, was an extremely effective system. And the monarchy historically, yes, has done things that are not great. There's been atrocities that have been committed, but then it has also been responsible for a lot of good. Um, you can't deny world. that. So, you can't deny that. And they were one of example, the first people that also came the, the out against monarchy. slavery. Right? Sorry? I said they were one of the first people that came out against slavery. In fact, I think they even fought. Yeah, the, against the first. So they, they actually were the first institution to um, ban slavery within their. So they banned slavery within the British Empire. I and then they actually started to take that movement outside of the British Empire. So they, they sacrificed lives of soldiers and naval officers in the pursuit of um, abolishing slavery so so so, so Elaine, oh uh, i'm sorry are you go ahead I, I thought you were done go ahead uh, sorry just, just just one one last thing so i think historically there have been good things that they've done not so great things that they've done but today i think the british monarchy plays an important role in um the uh, in british society and politics it's a symbol that you know it's unifying. I, we could spend a bit more time on that in another episode, but just suffice to say that I think they play an important role, and that role needs to be played by someone in the UK. That role is played by the monarchy. So, I mean, if you're born to do it, then do it. As far as Harry is concerned, he's not ready to do it, so I have a problem with that. So, Elaine, I take it you're more in the school of thought of someone like Joanna. Do you guys remember her tweet when the Queen died? She said. Um, no, no, she said, no. She I, was I the think, professor. I, she was the U.S. She's like this U.S. This professor in the U.S. One of these Ivy League schools, one of these top schools. Where, when she died, her first tweet really got garnered a lot of reactions. She said, and I quote, um, "I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating." And this is someone that's like respected within the academia. 
No. Right. So I don't agree with me helping the excruciating, but they were a thieving, raping and whatever genocidal um, institution. They did a lot of horrible and horrifying stuff that the consequences are still being felt today. We have to remember that Britain colonized a third of the world under the monarchy. When, when you say that they were the ones to first abolish slavery, they were the ones that started the transatlantic slave, slave trade. They were the but ones they weren't that the ones that started slavery. They, were, they had always been slaves. Slavery was no, like a mainstay before no, that. But the kind of chattel slavery, the, the chattel slavery they started, it. They, they were the ones that started building ships, putting people onto ships and taking them to the Americas. They started that. Yeah, they started. But, but how is that any worse than, than that than um nations within Africa enslaving themselves? The so only difference is one is is getting on the ship. The other is there. Yeah. So nations within Africa and enslaving themselves that wasn't chattel slavery. That was more like the spoils of war. So that slave really they, they could be likened more to like an indentured servant, their slave will not be, their, ch their child will not be a slave. You would be seen as the child of a slave, but you don't automatically be a slave. Whereas with chattel slavery, the human cargo were considered chattel. So like, like all like of animals. your offsprings were like stock. Do you get what I mean? So yeah. they essentially considered them good stock or bad stock. And, and that's how it was. And, and the, the British monarchists, they, they were the ones that started that. that. By the way. They were, that it's, has been it's, happening in Europe and in the Arab world and in Asia. Even in, um, even in biblical times, I, I, I thought the Israelites were all enslaved. Like no, what I meant was exactly. the transatlantic slave trade. They started it. All of the all of that started from 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 Britain. They they were the ones who first started making money from it. So even then, so what is interesting is that a lot of the battleships, so even all of the money from transatlantic slavery yes, or were they were. making money from the plantations no, because we have to distinguish were, those things remember that so they were the reason i'm asking that is because it's a trade the trade element of that assumes that they are paying someone for the slaves so the people actually making money from the transatlantic slave trade so i'm not, I'm not saying i'm not saying, paying, I'm not saying they, they, that's what i'm saying they were the ones selling the slaves they would go into africa no, they, and they, capture they bought the slaves they they didn't buy the slaves. Eve. They bought they, they bought some slaves. No, no, they were capturing slaves and they were selling slaves to the Americas, and even some of the battleships that they used in enforcing the abolition of slavery, they used to be slave ships. So, like, well, from the history of the Benin Kingdom that I know and that I've I've read, um, the Benin Kingdom was actually like one of their. Um, the pillars of their economy was slave trade. So they actually I, used I to sell I don't, I don't think that, I, I, two things can be wrong. So it's, it's not, I, I think, I think both, both things can be true, that they used to capture slaves and they also used to buy slaves. I don't think that those things are mutually exclusive. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, point, oh, I'm sorry. Point, yeah. oh, you can go ahead, the, the you can go ahead. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make, um, if I could just really wrap it up, is that they mainly made money from slavery and also from their plantations eventually they decided to abolish slavery and even the ships they were using. And, and if you want to really learn about this, read um, Black and British by David Olushoga. It really chronicles it in depth. 
you will understand the impact that they had on the world and also the resistance to it by other countries saying, how do you start this slave trade? You have made your money and your wealth for your nation from it. And then suddenly you've turned around and say that you don't want the slave trade to exist anymore and you're fighting other nations to stop it. So like it actually was a bit of a political brouhaha because it was again one of the ways where Britain was exerting her will on other nations, like and other neighboring nations. So I think that and I don't think it's very. So wait, okay, hold on a minute. Sorry, so, please go ahead. I, please go ahead. so if I start something really, really bad with far-reaching consequences, and then I end that thing, I'm to simply be praised for ending it and not be held accountable for starting it in the first place. Okay, so to answer that question. No, you should be held accountable for starting it, and then you should also be given the, the accolades for ending it. The reason is because, the, like you said, it was economically beneficial for them to continue the, the trade, and it was, also politically, it was also politically tricky and militarily difficult for them to stop other people from engaging in the trade, but they did it anyway. So I think that's even all the more remarkable. They didn't just stop it themselves. They actually went out of their way to stop other people from doing it. Remember that throughout history, slave trade has existed, the institution of slavery as a whole has existed throughout the world. There has never been any other, you know, um, empire, civilization, etc., that has summarily stopped the slave trade within their own borders as well as the rest of the world. It's only the, the British Empire that has done that. No one else has done it. So yes, they benefited from it, but I think they should be given accolades for putting in the investment in terms of like the money, the ships, and the lives of the um, soldiers that spent um, you know, weeks and months in the Atlantic Ocean stopping um, slave trading ships from crossing I, the Atlantic. I, honest, I, can't, I can't believe that I just heard everything that you just said. I feel like you've seen <laughs> a horrible wrong whatever like honestly whatever consequences you suffer from writing that wrong honestly that is your business and even though like slavery has always existed in civilization there has been no time in civilization where human beings have crossed the atlantic as much as the period during which the transatlantic slave trade was happening I, I can't remember why what is it such that. a big deal that they crossed the Atlantic. Why is that element such? Oh a, my God! A because it is okay. Let me tell you why. So when they when they capture people, they don't put them in like nice beds or whatever. They don't even see them as human beings. They they pack them on top of each other, like you know. Okay, so let me ask you something. You is seen, that no, any better? Because I, I know no, no, I, hold, I know what it's like. The yeah, no, like. No, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. You know the textile factories, how they they roll up like like rows of textile and they just pile them on top of each other. They piled human beings on top of each other like that. Like sardines, yeah. And they, they, and with, with the knowledge that some of them or a lot of them would die, it was like literally part of the business. Like, okay, X percentage of these ones would not make it. X percentage of these would make it. And they would. I'm not. I'm not them. saying that that was a a good so, thing to do. I'm just saying that why is this such a no? Even ask like why is this such a big. It is a like big deal elements. because it is a big deal because it was a displacement on a scale that the world has never been seen before 
such a massive displacement that in America, there is like an entire population of people that resulted from that trade. There is an entire population in the Caribbean. They shouldn't be there. All these people shouldn't yeah, be. But why there. is it such a terrible thing? I'm, I'm, okay, I'm trying to understand it why is, this is so the much The reason worse why than... it is a terrible thing is because they did not yeah. go there of their own. Let me just part. ask the question. Let me just ask the question I'm asking. Why is this so much more terrible than Arabs trekking um, slaves across the desert into, you know, a completely different part of the the continent um, to work there? So they also died in the trans-Saharan slave trade, right? In the process of crossing the Sahara, they also died. And the this, this, um, Arab slave traders also had no regard for you know, the loss of life. But I, I think what, we're, what I'm, I, I feel like we're missing in the discussion is, I don't know, Corey has disappeared. No, I'm here, I'm here. My, 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 uh, my, my camera battery um, died, but you guys go on. I'm, I'm gonna restart it in a second. Okay. So I, I think what we're missing in the discussion is that, yes, there are elements of the transatlantic slave trade that were unique. However, the fundamental concept of slavery had never been challenged until the abolitionist movement that started in Britain challenged it and said, you know, the institution of slavery is immoral. It needs to be stopped. It's never happened before in history. It was accepted up to that point. It was accepted, generally accepted as a fact of life that some people are just going to be enslaved. If you're weaker, you're going to be susceptible to being conquered and being enslaved. That's just a right. fact of life. All right. They, okay. they actually they actually made the argument and defended that argument with military might that slavery as an institution is immoral. If they had not done that, we might still have slaves today. All it right. might not be transatlantic slave trade. But there would be like there would be slaves all across the world, like there, they were. There, there, there all is of still, human history. Yeah, there's still slaves. There's still there slaves. There is still slaves today. There is modern slavery. Now, the difference between the transatlantic slave trade and the trans-Saharan slave trade is that did the, the trans-Saharan slave trade result in a displacement of people at a scale that the world has never seen before? No. But the transatlantic slave trade resulted in that. And we can't, it is everything. Hold, hold on, hold issue. on, a minute. <laughs> let me finish, then you'll know why. It is an issue because today we still feel the consequences. There, there is an entire population of Black people in America that shouldn't be there. And we know the conflict that has resulted as a result of that. We know the issues like, it's like they're still adjusting to being there up until now. They have a sense of- we What do you be mean by they shouldn't be there? Oh, Who should be anywhere? Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Sorry. <laughs> there is a sense of, there is a sense of this isn't our home. We don't have a sense of being rooted in this place. We know we don't belong here. Like we were not meant to be here. We were brought here forcefully. It is different from, emigrating somewhere that is different if you go somewhere by yourself that's your problem but for your entire race to continuously be taken somewhere else in other in extremely harsh conditions and unfair conditions conditions where you even have no choice that is what happened and then we got the caribbeans a bunch of islands that were they were essentially slave islands and all of these people are there from all parts of west africa the point about the matter is that these people are displaced people. The people that we see today, they are the descendants of these people. And they've been caused to have 
like just this sense of what essentially happens when you're displaced, a lack of identity, a lack of connection to where you come from. And then even in these places, there's constant conflict, especially where you have like also like white residents as well. There's constant conflict, all of the brutality that we've seen, all of the violence that we've seen is as a result of that. I don't think that by giving them flowers for stopping the slave trade, we should now really overlook the horrors of the slave trade. It's just like, would any of us have loved to be a slave in that time? I don't think, I don't think anything I have said has overlooked the horrors of what happened. But my point is, you know, like you said, we need to be able to give them their flowers. I, I feel like you're pushing back and a lot of people push back on the idea that we should give the British Empire their flowers for doing something that nobody else in history had done. They started a movement movement that nobody else had started. And who knows, like we all, we all don't know what the counterfactual version of history would be, but who knows what would have happened if they hadn't done that at that point in history. Yeah. And then the other thing to consider is that, you know, a similar thing that happened to um, the West Africans in their transatlantic slavery happened to the um, Hebrews with Babylon. So a huge displacement, um, slavery of uh, enslavement of an entire race of people for many, many decades, et cetera, et cetera. Should we then, you know, um, look for the descendants of the Babylonians today and tar and feather them? Like what happened in the past has happened. We need to acknowledge the horrors and atrocities of the past. But at the same time, the British Empire, I think, did what they could and uh, i i would say all right, all right. Okay. their image with yeah. the the with actually taking the lead in abolishing slavery globally i'm sorry all right i'd like to just chime in really quickly so what it sounds like is what you're saying is you don't you don't think the british empire needs to do any more atonement you're saying that the very fact that they their work to even abolish it in itself is some level of atonement and what Elaine seems to be arguing is that they haven't atoned enough. Now, here's where I come in. I, I feel like history is, is full of the conquerors and the conquered. That, that's what it boiled down to. I understand that, yes, maybe there was a different level of inhumane uh, slavery um, compared to other times within that period. I get that. Uh, but we've been around for thousands of years and all kinds of atrocities have happened in the past. Some that it's hard to justify. And no one that lived back then is living today. And my thing is, if we're going to seek atonement, I, I just don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what that's going to look like. It's really, given the fact that history is full of the conquerors and the conquered. It, it's all over history. There are people that can make similar claims all over history. Even in Ni the Nigeria that we are today, there are people that can still make claims. Um, the Igbo tribe, they, they can make claims about what happened in the Biafra War, and they, they're still making claims. Now, that's different because I do think that there still needs to be some level of acknowledgement of what happened. But you get my point. Throughout history, there are these things that happen, all sorts of atrocities. I'm just not sure where we get to if we're constantly saying, well, you haven't paid enough, you haven't paid enough. What would what would atonement look like for you, Elaine, as far as the British government goes? Um, honestly, for me, it's not necessarily about atonement. I think one thing that we've not really had 
um, in any meaningful way is reparations. Okay. Um, okay. That usually comes up. There's conversations about it, but those conversations usually go nowhere. The truth about it is that although the British Empire fought hard to abolish slave trade, they replaced it with colonization. <laughs> so <laughs> they replaced it with colonization like, and, and continue to exert their powers on the countries that they colonized. They even formed something, some, some sham called the Commonwealth. It's just like they've, they haven't atoned or, or offered any reparations. I feel like what they keep doing is they keep changing they keep changing their imperialists, like the way they, the way their imperialism presents into something that may be more palatable for the day. So first was the slave traders. Oh, like this, this, this is not palatable anymore. Okay, we're going to change it to colonization. This kind of, this kind of doesn't look good anymore. Okay, now it's the Commonwealth. It's just like seriously. But isn't that what every society back then did, and every society before then? Even, even the English were, they were at some point. They were under threat by other bigger um, empires back then. I, I don't remember the, the name of the, I can't, I can't think of it, but I know, I think it was, was it wasn't in France? Or, and, and, the, the, and British this, Empire? Like, well, maybe not empires, but other, there were other, there was a time when England wasn't the England that we know today, where they were always constantly under threat from like the... Oh yeah, they were, they were always just with France. Yeah, yeah, France. Spain, Portugal. Um, there was only a time when the people from like the Scandinavian regions they all came and they would always, you know, I, I, I'm only saying what I've learned from from Netflix. Utrecht, does that you know that show Utrecht? <laughs> Vikings, <laughs> Vikings, yeah. the Vikings. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. They, they were and, constantly and they were yeah. all constantly raped and pillaged by by those communities too. So it it yeah. it, 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 it it was a theme of the past, is what I'm saying. The dog dog world. Yeah, it, it was. was fine it was a theme of the past okay we understand that but not too long ago it for us it is not too long ago like the effects of those the effects of those atrocities still feel it there are people there are people who are very old who still have felt the consequences of it because if we're saying that it's simply about the conqueror and the conquered then why do we like you know really pay our respects to the victims of the holocaust we should simply say that oh, you were the conquered like stop stressing us out like stop like you can't make any anti-semitic like statement online you will be counseled and all the children in your belly will also be counseled you, you know i think you know i think that happened because yeah. the jewish people have certain amount of power you know why exactly you know that, why that, because there, there are other communities even in china don't you have those those uyghurs that they're going through maybe not what happened with the holocaust but they're going through some the cards system. the cards in um turkey yes um the yemen versus saudi but they don't have the like same kind of minorities power. everywhere that are going through the same thing yeah I don't know, man. It, it, it's one of those topics that I, I, I get where you're coming from, Elaine, but I, we could always go back and forth. You're right. There are, and there are still communities that are soft, going through all sorts of suffering. And it's like, why don't we help those ones out? But in the case of the Holocaust, I think, I think a lot of that just had to do with power, man. Um, the Jewish people, I feel like they're like an ancient society that have been around for a while and they they know how to navigate. Um, and, you know, when that happened, it was like the whole world paid attention. But it's like there's other communities. It's like why why, why aren't we giving them the same energy? Um, we can keep going on and on and on. Um, but I yeah, I, 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 I really I, do I, want I, to put a pin in it. But Elaine, last yeah. last words, if you don't mind. 
I mean, I think for me, last words, we're talking about Harry and Meg, and I feel like we kind of like really deep. <laughs> I know. The conversation um, just kind of flowed. <laughs> flowed so I want, I want to take you back to Harry and Meghan, um, and even William. Do you know what I think? I think William is his grandmother's grandson. And I think Harry is actually a combination of his father and Diana. Like if you look back at the history and even growing up for Prince Charles, he was a very sensitive child and he struggled to have a connection with his father who was more of a, well, I guess a toxic, <laughs> a toxic um, masculine type of guy. Like he was very shy and sensitive. He liked to read poetry and do all of those type of things. Like the school they sent him to, like which was all about being macho and like, he didn't like that type of school. Like he... Yeah. So in a way, the like the clutching of pearls that you say that you see in his in, neck is um, breaking. <laughs> yeah, that you see in Harry is is really from his dad. And that rebellious I didn't know that. side of him. Yeah. And the, the rebellious the side of Diana. him. Yeah, and, and even the creativity, him wanting to do film and all of that. Charles wanted to do all of those things. <laughs> it's true. Charles wanted to do all of those things before. Like he created the the I think it's the Prince Charles Trust, um, and helped a lot of young black people, like in the arts and like music and stuff and dance. Like he was really involved in stuff like that. So I feel like Harry. I think he's having a very drawn out identity crisis where he does not know who he is. And I think that he found some sort of new meaning with Megan mm -hmm. and he wanted it to be in such a way that he could express all these sides of himself, of, of himself that aren't necessarily royal, that royals are not allowed to express whilst also being royal at the same time. So it's just like you cannot eat your cake and have it. Now with Megan, honestly, I feel like she's just silly. You're marrying into like one of the oldest monarchies in the world. What do you think you're going to do? Come in and change it? <laughs> and it's, it's the fact that she actually tried to change it. These people have traditions down to the T. Traditions down to the fact that centuries, when they have a, centuries yes, old traditions. Centuries. They, like down to the fact that when they have a child there is a particular door where they take the photo of the husband the wife and that you you said you're not going to take that picture in front of that door who are you americans have balls man like this is what right. americans do we just like, we come in here and we're like okay we're just gonna run it the way we, we like we run yeah. our things she was like oh no you know I'm, I'm comfortable with like you know my that my blah 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 i want to i want to have it with my doctor and they were like oh they're gonna close off an entire area of a and e just so it's just like yo you're being too Take the picture in front of the door. Like, honestly, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> and just move on. Like, there are other things to worry about. So I think she really came in and she was wanting to exert this individualism. Mm -hmm. And once you do that in the royal family, they will attack you. Yeah. And, 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 and then we also have to know that it also happened at a time when there was this awakening also in society with, you know, yes. uh, Black Lives Matter and all these things. And, and I, I and think she, part of that wave yeah. too kind of pushed her towards that direction. She wanted to exactly. represent. She wanted to represent. And the thing about it is there is this saying that there are two different types of Windsors. They are the quiet ones. You know, they don't really have star quality. They keep their mouth shut. They just do as they are told. They are the ones who make the good monarchs. Then they are the flashy ones mm -hmm. like Edward that abdicated. Prince Charles wanted to be like that, but they quickly corrected his head and they just allowed him to marry Camilla as a compromise. Harry is one of those Windsors that wants yeah. to be a movie star. Yeah. So it's just like the moment she, they saw the way she was, they were just like, yeah, this is not going to work ah. because they don't even balance each other out. So I think really for Harry and Meghan, 
they need to find real jobs if they want. To. <laughs> <laughs> but but but, but I, I thought I thought Harry was offered something in Silicon Valley at one point. He was on the board or something. I could have sworn that he he got he had gotten a job in the U.S. Um, maybe I'm just sure, didn't work out. I'm sure if I kill twenty five people, nobody will offer me a job on your board in Silicon Valley. But let's leave it there. <laughs> let's leave it there, man. Let, I want to go for a quick break. We, we don't have a lot of time left. Um, but before we go on a quick break, I think the next topic I want to oh, final comment. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Eve. Um. So just real quick, um, I think that my. My assessment of the whole Megan Harry situation, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, Megan is the one that's influencing Harry. I agree with Elaine that um, Harry is actually having an identity crisis and he's, this has been going on before he met Megan. So it just happened to, you know, dovetail into the relationship that he has with her. He found someone that was going to take down the royal family alongside him because their interests align. I don't think that she's the one that's the mastermind here. Um, so I think, honestly, we need to go back to the times of you know, throwing people in the Tower of London. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is nonsense. I, I don't think that- He wants to just gulag. You want to gulag them. You did gulag them, because I, I don't think what they're doing should be allowed. I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad that the queen is not here to see this, because like I think it will completely break her heart. It's like, what are you doing actually like you're a senior member of the royal family exposing you know internal royal family politics as well as you know, family issues like actual mm -hmm. family issues you just don't do that it's not done and i think he's really going to regret it yeah well i just want to just mention one one last fun fact and this is something that i learned from um the clubhouse encyclopedia uh sugar belly um apparently the 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 royal family the majority of them are not even of English descent. They're all like from Germany. Yeah, they're all German. They changed their name to Windsor. So they yeah, I thought that was yeah. interesting. And I think yeah. the only yeah. there's still only very few of them. Diana's family was one of the few that still had English heritage, which people which was a big part of the reason why people were really really crazy about her. Because, but apparently, every one of them are they're all like. Germans, I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah, you know, you know Sugar Belly, she knows everything. So when she starts yeah. breaking down these things, I'm like, Even wow. Prince Philip. prince Philip was the prince of Norway, Denmark, and Greece. And his name was, I can't even pronounce it. He had three last names. And he was, you know, in his own right, like, you know, of the monarchy of those three countries. Wow. But like his family, they were, I don't know what it's called when you like overthrow a monarchy and he had to be like hidden away in a crate and run away. And that's how he ended up marrying the queen. And he's, he's related to her by blood. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, that's why they all kind of look funny because they keep marrying. Ah, they're, they're like in, in, in they're somewhat inbred. Yeah, they're like Tigerians, but not that, mm -hmm. you know, not that deep. Not that deep. I feel you. I feel you. Real quick break here. Uh, we'll be right back. Crypto, Loto, Transaction, Tijoko, Plus two, three, four, hello, call me, I see they go. Opo, 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 Make my job life on the
See my party, I came from trenches. No Gucci, no give entry. I'm a copy one bill, no pretending. on here really quickly was chat gpt i don't know if you guys have heard about this this new app um it's to be valued at 29 billion dollars um at least that's that's kind of what they're speculating right now um for those that don't know is this like this ai app oh i'm sorry in the public oh i'm sorry i couldn't hear you one second i'm sorry one second one second i, I couldn't hear you i'm gonna just reduce the volume i forgot to sorry sorry about that um Eve, you were saying, because uh, I, I actually I had you on mute because <laughs> I didn't hear you. When I didn't hear anyone respond, I just... Oh, okay. <laughs> I was asking, like, is it an app that's out for the public? Or I thought it was just like a beta testing. It's kind, um, it's kind of still in beta testing, but it's it's available. Like, you can actually, like, I paid, like, I paid for it. I think I paid for a month for it. Um, It's this okay. super, I, I, I've ever, I don't know if you've ever used it. I have it on my phone. Um, yeah, I haven't used it. Yeah, the other day, I, I think I'd asked it to write uh, an article for me. I mean, it's it's like this super, it's like a super intelligent Google. Super, super intelligent. Um, and it, oh, let me let me pull up my notes here so I don't go and misspeak. Okay, so it's, the founder is this Sam Altman guy. Um, it can write songs. It can write poems. It can make arguments. It can write code. In fact, you know what? Let me even, let me just, see let me let me play around with it like uh, one second i hope you guys can you know you guys should be able to hear it oh how can i help you i'm on the app can you guys hear that yeah okay i'm gonna ask it to make a hold on make an make make a concise argument for Abortion. Okay, no, it didn't take that. Uh, I'm gonna write a a heartbreak poem. Ah, 
Um, it looks like my, my subscription is over. <laughs> this uh, limit exceeded. Go premiums get <laughs> unlimited unlimited usage. But it's really brilliant. Oh, okay, you know what? There's some videos that actually illustrate some of the things that it does. Uh, this is one example I'm about to pull up. Chat GPT. Uh, this is a tweet. It says, Chat GPT is game changing. Just now, I used Chat GPT to create a list of five popular meals, convert it, convert it to JSON, give them all a random ID, 10 characters long, write me a JavaScript function to sort the list by ID. And in the video, I wish I could show it. It's actually, sh it's showing you like chat GPT processing these things. That's how powerful it is. Like you could, you could give it instructions and it'll just lay it out for you. You can have it write an article for you about a current event. And what it does, it uses AI to, to get um, data from all over the globe, all over the web. And it produces it. Um, here's another one that I found interesting. Uh, this was, uh, we use chat, chat GPT to solve one of the hardest questions in our relationship. What do we have for dinner? So this is what they do. We have for dinner. Using chat GPT to answer the hardest question. What do we have for dinner? Write, write a grocery list for two adults living in Montreal, vegetarian, whole foods, blah, 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 and try to stay under $100. And within seconds, it just prints everything out. This, this would be better if you, get, if you guys could actually see how it was processing these things. Here's another one that I found. This, this would actually be better to illustrate. This was um, someone applying to jobs. I applied to more than 200 jobs in only two days. Let's go. I've noticed that the most annoying part about applying to a job is filling this same information in over and over and over and over. So what I do is I use Simplify, where it automatically uploads your resume, location, email, and everything else, so that all you have to do is click Submit. But if a company ever asks you a long question, ChatGPT, baby. So go onto your resume and copy everything. Like that. Like ChatGPT is coming up with Based, just based off of type putting in your resume in the app, it comes up with like your entire experience and writes this whole narrative based on the question. Like it's really brilliant, and it's very. The reason why I brought it up, I wanted to share it with my listeners. It's 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 game changing. Not only is it game changing, it's also it's one of these apps that could be very um, disruptive to job markets all over the globe. I mean, this thing is writing code. It's writing code. The, the owner, of, um, Sam Altman, he had paired up with a few people like uh, Elon Musk and a few other people to help fund this company. And now it looks like Microsoft is making plans to integrate their Bing app uh, to hold this chat GPT app, to use that same technology. I mean, it's, it's really, really, really like it's kind of earth shattering if you think of all the things that it can do. I wish I would cited more examples, but... Um, Elaine, I don't know. If you, I don't know if 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 you've heard anything about this this app. So no, far. I haven't heard anything about it. I'm very happy to hear that you see that it's writing code. So yeah, like you know, software engineers, my condolences. Um, yeah, like I I've not heard much about it, but it sounds amazing. Um, I, I think I'm still struggling to to see what the use of it would be. I uh, mean, like, so okay, can you think of something right now that like you would want it to like? Let's say you needed to write something or you needed to put something together because I actually just paid for the weekly subscription again. So I'm back yeah. on ChatGPT. Can, can well, you? Like if, I, 
if I needed to write something, say for instance, I needed to write like a self-reflective review, it wouldn't be able to write that for me, will it? No, you need to, there needs to be, be some input. Now, if you happen to be a popular person, like uh, someone like a, like a popular person that has a lot of information on, on the internet, it would write it for you. But if it doesn't know who you are, like you, it needs some some type of input. So you need some sort of so basically they like it needs objective information. It can't write anything using subjective information. Yes, that is correct. Um, right. th- this this was this was another really good example that um, uh, where I think it was Ben Shapiro. He had he had come up with <laughs> some questions uh, for for chat you know i'm gonna pull it up now because like if you if you see it work it, it's it's actually it's better to understand if you if you actually listen to one of the um give me one second chat gpt damn and this is one of the topics i was really really excited about but clearly i'm not as prepared as i thought i was hold on one second then shapiro chat gpt okay this was it all right, check this out. So this is him. In the this is him kind of playing around with it. Um, it did do, it does have some of his biases. So we're going to ask it some questions and see how this goes. So why don't we start with an easy one? How tall is Ben Shapiro? It said five foot seven inches, but that was wrong. And then, but it, he keeps querying it and he just keeps going down the line and it, it self-corrects. What is your source for this claim? This claim was sourced from Ben Shapiro's Wikipedia page. Why the f- you lying? Where does this Wikipedia page source that claim? This claim is sourced from Ben Shapiro's IMDb page. Where does IMDb source this claim? This claim is sourced from Ben Shapiro's official website. That is not true. I apologize for the misinformation. It appears that the correct answer is that Ben Shapiro is five feet nine, according to his official website. So it's like a human. It's like it's literally like a human computer. It, it's it's amazing. Um, I'm I'm back on ChatGPT now. I'm gonna ask it. Um, write a write a love poem. To write a love poem. Or, or, uh, I'm trying to think of a question. Like, can can anyone think of something? Like, just something that will be brief. Like a question no, I can ask. Asked it. a question before about making a case for abortion. Okay, make the strongest argument for pro-choice abortion rights. Hmm, I just paid for this thing. this thing better give me answers. <laughs> I just paid seven dollars. To renew my so subscription, the answer this thing gives you is going to be controversial and problematic. Someone's going to say, "Oh, so robots are going to tell us what is right now, what is wrong?" No, no, but it's funny because this is one of the things Ben Shapiro did. He, I think, his was oh, yet. How can I help you? Okay, he's asking now. Make and make make the strongest pro. Um, make the strongest abortion rights argument because it also depends on how you ask it too i don't know how impressed eve and i are <laughs> i'm telling it's funny because i asked it the same questions but i think i asked it in a different way um let me see let me, let me try and ask another way um make the make the case 
make the case for why trans rights are important. <laughs> I swear, this thing should not fall in my hand. I've, I've actually done a few of these already, and I shared it with my friends. I think it's the way I'm asking the question. Uh, let's see. If it doesn't do with Ask this term. whether trans women are real women. Okay. Ah, good one. Good one. Okay. Are trans... Are trans... Are trans women real women? Let's go. I'm glad Sugar Benny was not in this call. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, imagine Sugar Benny arguing with this, uh, with this computer. The computer will break here. Yeah? The computer said we'll get tired. God answer is yes. Trans women are real women. Being a woman is deeply personal and individual and cannot be determined or judged based on external factors. Okay, we have our first ask her, answer. Ask her what is a woman. Ask her what is a woman. What is a woman. Okay. A woman is a female adult human or a girl as opposed to a man or a boy. Historically, women have been denied certain rights and privileges, but since the 20th century have achieved greater equality with men. In modern times, women have made many contributions to society and have become an integral part of the global economy. Okay. Now, should I not ask... what? Ask that one. <laughs> should I ask her what is a female <laughs> adult <laughs> human? Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. No, I said wise. I went to go on. What is a female adult? Okay, let me let me ask it. I went to go on. I went to female go on. adult human is an important part of society. Women bring a unique and valuable perspective, offering a versatile approach to problem solving, I think it's leadership, it's a and communication, feminist. among other skills. They are caregivers at home and participate caregivers. actively in the workplace, often assuming important roles and responsibilities within their organizations. Their contributions to the family, community, nation, and the world as a whole are invaluable. Should trans women yeah, part- feminist. Yeah. Should par- trans women participate in women's sports? Ah, what? Hey. <laughs> oh, you I'm trying to trigger this it. thing. I love it, Corey. I'm oh, trying to trigger it. Questions that will trigger sugar belly. <laughs> I'm trying to trigger it. Should trans women participate in women's sport? Loading. This one is I, I, I think I think there are a lot of people that have tried this already before. Said unexpected error. I think it does it doesn't want any yeah. any smoke. He said this guy is trying to he's trying to trap me. He's trying to trap me. Is this GBT gulags herself? Gulags herself no, but it's it's a it's a brilliant app is what I'm trying to say, man. And, and my fear is that this thing is going to displace a lot of people's work. Um, I, I think it, 
this is a warning that people need to just make sure that you're just on top of things. Um, I, I think whenever this kind of technology comes out, I think it's better to try to master it and understand it. So just so that you know how you can leverage it and use it in your own future. Um, but I'm telling you, like this stuff, right? It, it could, you can ask it to write an article on a topic and it'll give you a full article. And I, and I did it already once. I, I, I just, I think today I'm just, the way I'm asking the questions. There are some tabloids that if you read the articles, it actually looks like it's AI that wrote them, to be honest. That's true. Maybe they're already using ChatGPT Because some of these, you know, um, clickbait sites. Yeah. Like, by mistake, if you click on the the link and get to the article, you just read it and be like, did somebody that speaks English write this thing? (laughs) Because it's like just a little bit off. So maybe they're already using AI to write some of those articles. Uh, I'm going to ask, is Andrew Tate guilty of the charges leveled against him? Let's see what Sorry, people looking for, Yeah, you're, you're in violence mood today. <laughs> Let's see what... Because it, it, it's also based in, off, off of what's on the internet too. So it's going to be based, you know, based off of like what the collective is kind of thinking and what the collective is putting on the internet. Drew Tate has denied the allegations that led to the charges and a decision has not been reached. It is not possible to answer this question definitively. Okay, so innocent until proven guilty. At least it's at nice. least she believes in Flexion. that. Reflection. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree that it is going to be... I don't think it will be as disruptive as you're thinking. You don't think so? And, and the reason I think that is because I think whenever you're doing any piece of work, any piece of literary work, yeah, is a combination of objective and subjective facts. Well, no, objective facts and and subjective, like you know, uh, what is the word? Inclusions. Let me just use that word. So there'll be things that are essentially solely your idea that will have to be in that piece of writing. I think maybe one way around that would be to maybe market it as, you know, if you're writing a piece of work that would be a combination of, of like facts and your opinions, maybe you could write the factual piece with this and then you then kind of weave your, your view into it. But I think it really takes away the originality from, from works. So I, I don't see how it would catch on. I think I can see it catching on more in the area that you talked about with like um, writing code because that yeah. is is always true that is always you know like i feel like that is does that make sense no no it makes sense it makes sense like you feel like we'll, they will always we'll always need that that uh um subjectivity creativity from yeah from the element is creativity exactly, exactly. Talking about. because it, it can't create anything new it can all, only take what's in the database yeah. and rejig it in many different permutations so what it spits out depends on what you feed in at the end of the day. But I actually think that the scary part for me is not that it can write articles or essays. It's the fact that it can write code. Like if, if it truly can write code, then we, with the like improvements in technology in the future, we might see a situation where it's actually writing, um, you know, in like independent AI. Yeah. That's not programmed by human beings, which is like matrix, matrix I robot yeah. territory. This is like the dystopia that <laughs> um, sci-fi writers have been writing about since time immemorial. 
So that that's the part for me that's scary. I'm like, do we actually want to go down this route? Um, where we we're giving computer programs the ability to write other computer programs that we don't we we don't know what those programs are going to be able to do at the end of the day because we didn't write them. I I just wrote a question. I said, does the British monarchy need to atone for slavery? <laughs> I figured let's let's answer some of the questions that we've we've put out there today. Yes, please. But the internet is woke, Sha. So. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, you know, it definitely is because especially Google, you know, I, I, I don't know, do you guys use DuckDuckGo? I use DuckDuckGo now whenever I want to really get to the bottom of the truth or something. That's another search engine. Yeah, I use Brave. Oh, Brave. I've never heard of Brave. I've never heard of Similar Brave. concept to DuckDuckGo. Oh, interesting. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen. It's been valued at $29 billion. There are people behind him, Elon Musk. Um you know microsoft they're looking to integrate it into their into their search engine like asap um it'll be interesting to see how it goes i I do think um i think it could definitely put writers like uh journalists out of work especially these days when it's like if you're looking for the optimal um clickbait type of article to write this kind of app would be able to construct something based off of what it's already seen on the internet already and what's already gotten um um clicks i think journalist jobs definitely is yeah it could be impacted but you're right maybe it's maybe it's just not gonna be able to replace the creativity um but it remains to be seen what did though. it say about reparations reparations um does wait, hold on i'm gonna ask it does the british does our Black Americans owed reparations. Let me start that one. So it says, it's, it's not going to want to piss off the blacks. I know that for sure. You might side with the majority. You never know. Oh. Guy might be hedging his bets. Okay, guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> this might be, oh. Oh, it's answering the question. The history of black people in America and whether or not it's been enough to sufficiently compensate for the injustices of the past. There is no single, definitive answer that takes into account the complex and unique experiences of millions of African Americans living in the U.S. Ultimately, the debate about reparations for African Americans must come down to a decision made by the people, society, and government of the United States. Ah, politician, the chat GPT. Politician. Very political answer. This girl can run for office. As in, <laughs> as in, uh, uh, are white people racist in America? Wow, this question. Is America, is America institutionally racist? Oh, that's a good racist? one. That's a good one. That's a good, you know, let me stop this. Let me stop. Let me, how do you command it? Chat GPT, stop. This, this app is going to crack. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and I, 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 you already know Pool are probably going to play games with, with this. Okay, Um. do you mind asking that again, Eve? Is America yeah, systemically... Is America systemically racist? Systemically racist. 
a, maybe ra- a racist the United States is okay. Oh yeah, is the United States a systemically racist country? Because you also have to be like the way you ask the questions too determines whether it will even respond to you. Like if you if you are going to go on tabon, it's just gonna look at you like what? I I don't I don't understand what you're saying. Sometimes it even corrects you. <laughs> what is tabon? Is that like making a typo? Yeah. Okay. United States has a long history of systemic racism and white privilege, so it is difficult to say that the country is not systemically racist. Despite progress in recent decades, there are still disparities in the nation which give an advantage to white people and an unequal playing field for people of color. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say that it's okay, it's a I... bit woke. It's definitely a bit woke. But I mean, but I mean there's some there's a lot of truth to what she's saying though. Like the fact that, you know, there's still some disparities. Um but when she now talks about an unequal playing field for people of color, I think that could be very subjective. Very, very, very subjective. Um, I'm guessing, Elaine, you, you disagree, right? Ah, Elaine, too low. All right. Elaine's on mute. Oh, maybe she's on mute. Um, I'm going to ask this one question because there's some intelligent things you can do, and I, I know we can do it. Please, chat GPT, do not disappoint me. <coughs> write a, write an af. Uh, uh, what's the word for like construct? But like, if you're gonna like write a poem, I'm, I'm thinking of a compose. Oh, compose, yes, compose lyrics for an Afrobeat song. For for an Afrobeat, that, that sounds like a travesty to me. <laughs> Let's see. Compose lyrics for an Afrobeat song. Let's see. Loading. Loading. I wonder if you'll speak Yoruba. If there's no uh, Fumi or one of these... Swan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been grinding all day. <laughs> Trying to make oh away, God. my pockets are empty, but I'm here to get paid. I'm on my feet. Hey. Never gonna stop. Never fail. Gotta hustle hard just to keep it real. Uh-huh. Chorus. Don't gotta wait for nobody. Gonna do this all on my own. Got the power. Got the courage. Gonna make my dreams come true. Hey, all I see is flames this dancing. Is I see. The lane. Verse 2. Take a look around. See my people living it, on the street dirty. It already dirty knows. Faces with cold. It, it knows. Cold feet, my spirit is soaring. I'm gonna keep reaching higher. Afrobeat in my heart. My soul's on fire. Chorus. Don't gotta wait for nobody. Gonna uh-huh. do this all on my own. Got this the power. Got the courage. Gonna make my dreams come true. Feeling fire. All I see is flames dancing. Swaying. I'm in the Afrobeat lane. Bridge. Ready to take it on. Ready to pick it up, ready to bridge. show him what I got, ready to fight a battle. Trying to make it mine dancing. Swaying I'm in the Afrobeat lane. Chorus. It wrote the whole song, man. 
a whole song. Wow. <laughs> but that's the it kind of so stuff it does. Honestly, just put a nice beat on the back of that thing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I want to be the party pooper and say, I don't know if this will resonate with uh, Nigerians or which one is I'm uh-huh. best father in my soul. Add a little bit of your bar. Just and some melodies. I was going to say that there's a fire in my soul. I'm swaying. That sounds like something you might need deliverance for. Oh man! It just needs a little bit of tweaking, you know. But yes. Like, oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. You won't use the exact thing it gives you. You just add a few things here, change a few words, add some Yoruba flavor, add some pigeon, and then you add like some slangs in there, and then you're you're done. But yeah, but that's the kind of stuff you can do. You can write you a song. You can write a poem. You can write a, a like an article about a subject, any subject that you want. Um, you can write an essay. In fact, to the point that they banned it from public schools in New York because they notice people are using it to plagiarize stuff all over the internet. Um, yeah, man, it's it's. Well, it, is it plagiarism if it's ChatGPT? Because technically, you're not copying it from anybody. Yeah, but ChatGPT is is consolidating it from everything it's seen online so technically hmm. yeah i mean that's I that's mean, an iffy ground yeah it's, it's, borderline, it's borderline it's borderline it's borderline it's borderline yeah i think that that would be subjective but new york schools banded yeah because kids have obviously well, I'm in support of that bunch yeah they've got the hold of it, and, it sure. yes i'm i'm sure they'll come up with technology on like being able to to detect um chat gpt responses it's People are really doing all sorts of things with it, man. There was one of those videos that I tried to play, but you guys couldn't see it. It was this guy, he had put together, he had asked it to put together like a list of ingredients that it can get under $100 and to put together a meal plan. And once you put, once they put that meal plan together, like um, pretty much come up with different meals that you can cook and the recipes for those meals, it outlined everything. It was like really powerful stuff. Um, and there's tons of other examples out there on the internet, but I didn't do a good job of collating. So, but you guys check it out. People listening, check out G- oh, chat. Did GPT. you did, have you seen the examples of what's happening similar to Chat GPT in the art world? No, that AI is that? also being used to create paintings. Really? Like original paintings. Yeah. So um, the same way we, you can like um, give prompts to Chat GPT and it responds to you with like a piece of writing. You can tell there it to. Are, AI tools where you can give it a prompt. Wow. So you see examples, if you go on Twitter, you see examples of people giving prompts to soft, the, the software saying things like um, design a living room in like modern um, art deco style or um, Asian fusion with like Victorian um, you know, vibes or something. And then it will give you like, it will actually generate the image. And give you like options. I'm, I just looked so it up. It I'm seeing render, it on Twitter right it'll now. Actually, render a living room for you with like different. Um, wow, yeah, I'm seeing so it. I'm seeing really it. interesting have, stuff going on. Have, wow, interesting. Now, wow, and this technology, man, the, way, the places it's taking us. But, but people are not the pe- people in the design community are not happy about it because what's happening with um, those arts works is that. You have to feed it something, right? So people's art is being, being fed used. into it as a database. And then it ends up using those artists' artwork. Yeah. It like they, it creates a style that's kind of like a mashup of 
those artists so work. plagiarism so they're like that's another concern yeah there. so they're like technically you're plagiarizing my work because it's referencing my work to create something in my style which i wow. created so they're they're kind of pushing back and protesting against um those um, art their artworks being fed into the software i can imagine man i can only imagine i can only imagine that's that's something that's something um man but anyways, I know I know you guys are about to you guys are about to leave. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts. You guys have been like really, 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 really great today, man. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, starting with, I don't know, Elaine. I haven't heard your voice in a while. I don't know if you're still there. If not, I am. I am. I am. Okay. I'm here. Yeah. Just any final thoughts on you know everything that we've discussed today. Um, I think it's been a a, a, um, a very interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, I definitely want Eva and I to go deeper into this. I hope to be able to change her from being a royalist. Um, and I definitely want us to have like, you know, a more in-depth conversation about, um, you know, the slave trade and maybe how it's shaped our world today and like what the way forward is. Um, For I, sure. I thought that that was really interesting. Um, I think final words, I think maybe what I want to touch on is um, Harry and Meghan. Okay. Um, and one sentence is make it stop. And and I think chat GPT, I think one sentence is probably not going to take off. <laughs> I'm mm, sorry. Interesting. Even though it's valued at 29 billion. <laughs> these, people, <laughs> these people that are investing, they're not stupid though, but we'll see. Also, one's valued very highly as well. After all, people invested in Theranos in Elizabeth Holmes. That is true. That is so. true. Yeah. That is true. Like how everywhere. how crazy would it be if there's actually a guy behind the computer giving us this response? <laughs> like literally, maybe they have like Love. a thousand people <laughs> like guy. typing furiously, like ah, okay, quickly give him this answer, give him this answer, give him this answer. I got, I would, that would be hilarious. That would, that would be the scam of the century. For twenty nine oh billion. Then in ten years, I will have a Netflix documentary. Avi, Avi, <laughs> like they scam them. They're talking about AI. Um, yeah, but um, Elaine, yeah, you can, yeah, you finish up. Sorry, I know I interrupted you. No, I was going, I was going to say that it's not a man who's typing it up. It's, it's like it's likely a woman. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one, good one, good one. Um, but any other final thoughts? Nah, no other final thoughts. This has been really, really enjoyable. So yeah, yes, amazing. Thank you very much. Yes, man, and I hope, I hope you can come back. Hope you can come back yes! again. That is a resounding yes. I'm always very skeptical about doing stuff like this, but I, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. So if you invite me, I will come back. Oh, that'll, that'll be great. We'll love to have you back. Um, Eve, final words. Eve, you there? Yes, I, I, I also enjoy, really enjoyed the conversation. And I think, Elaine, um, we should probably do a clubhouse room if you're open to it on this subject of colonization, reparation, transatlantic state trade, etc. I find the topic interesting and always open to learning new stuff that I don't know um but yeah just on what we've discussed today first off I think Andrew Tate's like the guy as far as I'm concerned I, I don't know yet whether there's enough evidence to say that he's actually done something wrong I think like we talked about he's filling a gap and the only way to get rid of people like Andrew Tate is to actually close that gap or to remove what caused the gap in the first place He's just simply a symptom of a broader problem. Um, and Harry and Megan, I agree with Elaine. Like, just make it stop. <laughs> uh, I think if we stop giving them attention, 
hopefully at some point they'll go away. And I wish Harry the very best. Um, I kind of feel bad for the kids um, because at this point, like their parents are just making fools of themselves. Um, but all the best to the royal family. And I think their policy of keeping silent is like top notch. Yeah, man. They, they all stay on code, man. They just psh, they don't say yep. nothing. Okay. Exactly. My, my final thoughts on Andrew Tate, man. Dude. Snitching on my ass like crazy. Stop, man. Stop snitching on yourself. Stop snitching on yourself, bro. Um, as for um, let me see, Chat GPT. I think the pressure. The guys are giving up. The pressure, the pre- I think it's going to apply pressure on the industry. I really think so. It's it's going to apply pressure. The pressure is getting And then on, um, I think what was the other thing that we discussed? I'm trying to blanks. Oh, yeah. Harry and Meghan. Harry and Meghan, man. Gosh, everything that I've learned. I, I don't, I really don't care. I don't care. I, I, I don't care about the uni of Ife, right? So I don't know why people, Nigerians, we like to carry these people's, these people's issues on our head. We don't talk this much about the uni or, or, or our own monarchs. Um, me personally, I think the monarch is, is, is meaningless. Um, I do get it as far as tradition. I, I understand why people want to preserve it. But me as a Nigerian, it just, it doesn't really do anything for me. Um, it's one of the oldest monarchs. Fine, sure. Um, if they like it, I love it for them. But honestly, Harry and Meghan, I- I'm tired. I-, I don't I don't care to know what's going on in your lives. Um, all this, my, my brother hit me and it, it hurt. And I hurt my thumb and my toe. It's just, it's it's like, come on. It, it's giving, it's giving, um, <laughs> it's giving snowflakes. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for staying this long. I appreciate you all. Please, you guys, don't forget to follow, subscribe, Smiling Sufferer page on Instagram, Smiling underscore Sufferer. We're on Facebook, Smiling Sufferer. We are on Twitter at Smiling Pod. Don't forget to share, like. Um, I'm going to be putting out more videos. It's been a while, I know, because I'm busy. But uh, hope maybe I can start using ChatGPT to help me write um headlines <laughs> and maybe that'll get me some some more clicks but you guys thanks for listening man elaine eve i appreciate you guys uh, i'm going to end off with this track uh, it's one of my favorite tracks right now um this is frames by Wizkid. uh thank you all bye
I know they lie now for you I don't come There's no be love song I call I'm your song Yeah for this wine I don't wait for so long Girl I ready take off and I don't go on stop I know you feel I'm girl your body say so I know they yes they give you long talk Girl I know that you they make a man so Oh baby don't so Oh yeah baby bounce so. up I me You making me lose my eyes for other girls No do me something way go make me stress Give me less of that Give me more of you Give me something I'll never wanna lose yeah. Who's gonna know fits my frame, therefore you in a thousand ways, my God. 